0: Welcome to the St. James Sermon Podcast. We are so glad to have you with us. My name is Wayne Narbonne, I'm pastor here at St. James and I want to invite you to join me as we dive into God's word today from Psalm 130. Hear God's word. Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, so that we can, with reverence, serve you. I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope. I wait for the Lord, more than watchmen wait for the morning, more than watchmen wait for the morning. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. Will you join me in prayer, please? Almighty God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your song that speaks to our hearts. And God, we pray that your spirit would so stir in us that not only would we resonate with the songs of Scripture, but that your song in us would be sung through our lives. Lord, open us up to what you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'll never forget that evening and what may be most surprising is that it was an evening in my freshman year of high school. It was the evening of a school dance, a formal dance, and what I was excited about was that my new girlfriend from the neighboring town had made her way over to attend this dance with me. And about halfway through the dance, I walked over to the DJ and I asked if he would pick out a song and dedicate it to us. And he said, sure. And a short time later, after a few more songs played, his voice came through the sound system and he said, this one goes out and is dedicated to Wayne and Robin. And then he began to play Chicago's Color My World. In that moment, that song became our song. But also, it was impossible in that moment for us to realize at that age the significance and how profound the lyrics would be. As time goes on, I realize just what you mean to me. And now, now that you're near, promise your love that I've waited to share and dreams of our moments together, color my world with hope of loving you." As we've heard that song play over the years, we always look at each other and smile. And it takes us back to that moment and all those moments in between that that song reflects. That's the power of music, isn't it? how it engages us, not just our mind, but our hearts, how how it, it, it reflects our hearts in ways that words by themselves fail to do. And if there was ever a season that had songs that represented it, it would be this season, this season of Advent, this season of Christmas. I mean, there are radio stations that change their entire programming, dedicating this season to Christmas music. There's streaming services that offer not just one channel, but different channels of different Christmas music dedicated to the forms and kinds of Christmas music that people love. There's hardly a musical artist out there that doesn't have their own Christmas album. In fact, it's fascinating that there is no historic event that has more songs written and sung and celebrated than the birth of Jesus when you think about all the events over the course of history. That even, it's not just true out there, it's even true in the Bible. The Bible is filled with all kinds of different songs and yet of all the songs, there is no historic event in the Bible that has more people breaking out into different songs to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. There are songs that echo songs from the past. There are songs that people break into new songs, fresh songs, anticipating Jesus' birth. There are songs that, that take place as Jesus is being born, and then there are songs in response to Jesus being born. That... Jesus' birth leads people to sing. Why? Because the greatest music and probably the greatest forms of all art come at historic and challenging times in history. And the birth of Jesus came at a historic and challenging time. We often romanticize it, but it's because of its how important it is in history, and because of the challenging times that these incredible songs took place. And we find ourselves now living in a historic and challenging time. And so during this Advent season, we're going to be taking a look at the Songs of Christmas. And we're going to be letting the joy of those songs ring out into our hearts and into our lives, but also the raw pain and reality that comes out through those songs to echo the pain and reality that we can be experiencing as well. And I want to invite you not just to let the songs of Christmas resonate with your own heart, but I'm wondering how the Holy Spirit might use these to bring out new songs through you. And so today we're going to be looking at Psalm 130. It's a little-known song of Christmas, and yet it is a song that anticipates the coming of Jesus. It's a song that is called a song of ascent. That, that There are 15 different psalms that were songs or Psalms of Ascent. And the reason they were called Psalms of Ascent is people would sing them on their way to Jerusalem. And Jerusalem is built on a hill. And so the only way to get to Jerusalem, the only way to get to the temple, the only way to encounter and worship God in the temple was to ascend, was to climb and make your way there. And so what did people do as they traveled and journey just like many people today? They sang. And they sang these songs of ascent. And Psalm 130 tells us, sings to us, the journey of our relationship with God. We see in the very beginning verses, it starts out with the honesty, the raw honesty and authenticity of the cry of the psalmist. He says, out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. And when he says out of the depths, anytime in the Old Testament that that phrase is used, that one word actually is used, it's pointing to like out of the ocean depths, out of the chaos that surrounds me out of all that's taking place that is uncertain, I cry out to you, God. And maybe you're feeling that way today. Maybe with different events in our world or just in your own life, you're crying out to God, out of the depths of my soul, God, I cry out to you. And notice what the psalmist says, I just need to be heard. I need to know that you're attentive to my cry. And what we discover in the story of Advent, what we discover in the story of Christmas, of Jesus coming, is that God hears your cry. God hears your prayers. That you are not alone. And that we can resonate with the song of the psalmist. But the psalmist doesn't end there. In the second stanza, verses 3 and 4, he recognizes who it is, whose ear he's, uh, he has, whose attention he has, He says, if you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, so that we can, with reverence, serve you. He recognizes that he has the attention of God himself. And this God is a holy God. This God is a righteous God. This God is a consuming fire. And so he asks, God, who can stand in front of you? unless there is forgiveness and in you, there is forgiveness that you offer forgiveness, which is part of the Christmas story. It's part of the advent journey. And then he moves from that reality into his complete and utter trust of God. And I want to spend time in these last two stanzas verses five and six and seven, eight. And first is that he waits on the Lord. Notice he says, I wait for the Lord, my whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope. I wait for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning, more than watchmen wait for the morning. Five times in these two verses, he uses the word wait. Now let's be honest, most of us don't like to wait. By show of hands, how many people like to wait? See, that's what I thought we struggle to wait we don't like to wait in line we don't like to wait uh, for other people or other things we've been trained to have a two-day delivery capacity of waiting for things that we might order online we struggle to wait and part of it is because we feel so helpless we feel so passive The other thing is that we often find ourselves waiting in in challenging times, waiting for answers, waiting for outcomes, waiting to heal. And so we struggle to wait. We don't want to wait. We like to have things right now, and it does feel passive, and it does feel helpless. But I don't think that's the biblical understanding to wait. I want to suggest to you that he's, he's saying five times to wait on the Lord because five times he's saying now is the time to trust God. Waiting on God is trusting him in the midst of what is taking place, resting in him in what is taking place. That There is a, a, an expectant waiting. There is an engaged kind of way that we wait on God. That we trust him and we live our lives in that trust, knowing that what he has said would happen would take place. Notice in the midst of all that waiting, he says, it is in his word I put my hope. So to illustrate this kind of waiting, uh, imagine you and I going to a restaurant when we're allowed again to go back to restaurants. Now, one of the joys of going to a restaurant is there is a server that comes and takes care of our needs. A server who comes and, t- you know, fills the water. A, a server who comes and describes the menu or uh, takes our order and brings our beverages and, and, and is always kind of anticipating the next thing as they take, actively take care of us. Now, what is it that we call these servers? What is their title? They're waiters. They're waitresses or waiters. Now imagine if you went into a restaurant and you were seated at the table and then your waiter went into the back room and sat in a chair and put their hands on their laps and they just sat there waiting. They didn't move. And and you're sitting at the table, you've looked at the menu, you're ready to order, you're getting hungry and you grow frustrated because they're not there. Actively engaged in the experience now if you get upset at the waiter and the waiter says no I'm just doing what I'm paid to do. I'm doing what I'm told to do. I'm told to wait Well, that's not the kind of waiting we're looking for there and that's not the kind of waiting in Scripture Waiting is to actively trust God to to expectantly trust God to live our lives in light of the hope that he gives us in his word it is believing him so much that we rest in what he has said and we live it out i have a friend of mine who used to say that many people hurry to try to do something for god and then wait because what they were trying to do isn't what god had in mind they said it's far better to wait on god and as we hear from god to hurry To wait on God is to actively be engaged in our lives, trusting His promises. To live it out, knowing that as we do, we live out hope in the midst of whatever is taking place. You see, we live in a world right now where collectively, around the globe, we are waiting See, we don't just wait as individuals, we wait as people. We wait right now as the whole world is waiting for a vaccine. But what is it that we place our ultimate trust? I mean, vaccines are great and they're good and we're looking forward to that, but it's temporary. Where is it that we place our ultimate trust? It's what the Apostle Paul was referring to at the end of Romans. In Romans 15, verse 13, he says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, we wait on God in this journey, actively engaged in what he is about and what he has promised. Why? And that's where the final stanza comes in. And it's the most surprising of all. His whole tone changes and he becomes confident. And the psalmist says, Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, and with Him is full redemption. He Himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. You see, we can wait on God, because what the psalmist, the songwriter, is telling us is that God is the one who waits on us. Did you hear that in here? He says, we can put our hope in the Lord for with the Lord is unfailing love and with him is full redemption. Why or how? Because he, he himself will come and make this happen. Notice how powerful this is. It isn't that we climb and ascend to try to get to God, but what the Psalmist is saying is that God himself is condescending to us. He's making His way to us in the person of Jesus Christ, in the birth of Jesus Christ, in the advent of Jesus Christ. The word advent means to come. And we celebrate Christmas in the season of advent, not that we come to God, but more and first that He has come to us. Why has He come? Because he has unfailing love for you and for me and for this world. Why is he come? To bring full redemption. We can wait on God because he waits on us. Now, Jesus illustrated this powerfully. He once told a parable about a master who had many servants. And one day the master went away. He went away to a far-off country. And some of His servants continued to be faithful and obedient because they knew, they knew in their heart that the Master would one day return. And yet other servants were disobedient and unfaithful. Why? Because they didn't really believe the Master would return. And what's stunning in this parable is in Luke chapter 12, verse 37, Jesus says, and I quote, Jesus says, it will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. Truly, not if he comes, when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will dress himself to serve, will have them recline at the table, and he will come and wait on them. That's stunning. Some of the most stunning words Jesus has ever said. That as the master comes, he will serve and wait on them. How can that be? How can we even wrap our mind around that reality? How can we believe that Jesus in the future would wait on us in that way when he is Lord? Well, we can believe what he's going to do in the future. Because that's exactly what he did in the past. That's exactly what Jesus did when he came. Remember in that upper room on the night as he was arrested, Jesus took off his outer clothing and he knelt down and he washed his disciples' feet as a servant. And he said, as you have seen me do now, you go and do. And then as the greatest act of any servant, as the greatest act of waiting... Jesus was actively engaged by going to the cross, dying on the cross for your sins and my sins, paying the penalty for our sins in order that we can have that relationship with God. It is stunning to think that just as Jesus came, he is coming again. We can wait on him because he has first waited on us. And that's part of the power in the lyrics of the song that we've sung before, King of Kings. In this song, and it begins, In the darkness we were waiting, Without hope, without light, Till from heaven you came running, There was mercy in your eyes, To fulfill the law and the prophets, To a virgin came the word, From a throne of endless glory, to a cradle in the dirt. Praise the Father. Praise the Son. Praise the Spirit, three in one. God of glory, majesty, praise forever, the King of Kings. As we make our way through this series, i want to ask two things. Number one, would you allow in this historic and challenging time Would you allow the songs of Christmas to speak to your heart? To lead you on this journey toward God, as Psalm 130 does. Opening yourselves up both to the joy, but also the raw pain and challenge and experiences we have. And trust and wait on God in the midst of it. But secondly, it makes me wonder, what is the new song that God has in you paul once said that we are god's workmanship created in christ jesus to do good works that that word workmanship is poeta we get the word poem from it that you are god's song created in christ jesus what is the song that god has in you and in your times with the lord i want to invite you to think and maybe create a song. It doesn't have to be music, it might be simply be lyrics or it might be some other expression of art where you're able to pour your heart into it. It, it might be a drawing, it might be a painting, it might be a sculpture, it, it might be in some other way that you can express yourself in ways that words sometimes fail. And I want to invite us to share those together. That as you feel comfortable, we're not looking for perfection. We're looking for honesty and sharing our hearts with each other as we journey together through this season of Advent. And then our last Sunday of the year on December 27th, our service will be built around the different expressions for those who feel comfortable with those being shared, that we can worship God together as his song, as his people. And as we do... We'll find each other coloring our world. Will you pray with me? Almighty God, as we begin the season of Advent, thank you for the songs of Christmas that speak to our hearts and remind us of the good news of your saving love, your unfailing love, your full redemption. Lord, help us, no matter what else is going on around us, help us to wait on you, to trust you, and Lord, would you stir in us new songs, new songs that our hearts will sing for your glory and for the sake of others. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. St. James is a Presbyterian church located in Littleton, Colorado. Find us on the web at www.sjpres.org or email us at contact at sjprez.org.